Hey y'all, hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Why Don't We Talk About This podcast. I'm your host, Paula McMillan Perez, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist. On today's episode, you got me all by my lonesome as I talk about something that is passionate to me both personally and professionally, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is, ta-da, this month. It's May 1st through the 31st. And one of the things that I figured out um, in my many moons as a mental health professional is that it's not a commonly known month and may very well may be a month that celebrates other things. I'm not 100% sure. So um, don't beat me up too bad behind that one. But part of the reason that this month means a lot to me is because I am a social worker. Surprise, surprise. And because just like many of the other individuals who draw breath, we have to focus on our mental health at some point or another. I would love to say that that's every day, but you know what? Sometimes life be lifing and it's not always one of the priorities that we have. So many moons ago, this became a thing. So let me hit y'all off with a little history. So Mental Health Month has actually been around for a while. Full disclosure, I didn't know it was really a thing until maybe undergrad, and I'm not even going to tell y'all how long ago that was. But Mental Health Awareness Month first was celebrated actually in 1949, and that all came from the mental, I'm sorry, Mental Health America. Google it, y'all. They have some wonderful resources, and each year there's a toolkit that comes along with some of the other services and celebrations that go along with Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's definitely something to check out. Um, So like I was saying, it has been around for a while. And if we're honest with ourselves, think about when you heard this was a thing. Like, let's think pre-social media. I mean, some of y'all might be young, but y'all not that young. Um, Think about this pre-social media. Like, were we really talking about this? And yes, there is a month for health conditions there is a month um to spread awareness for other diseases other causes and even though we realize that there has been a lot of back and forth and there are cultural themes societal themes religious themes that kind of tap into mental health regardless to what you believe or not it is something that is very special to people it can cause fear it can cause anxiety a lot of the unknown, uncertainty, depending on what we learn from and where. So what I like to do is, y'all already know, kind of go with some facts on it. Don't just believe me just because I'm over here talking about licenses and whatnot. Feel free. Fact check me. As a person who does this work for a living, and hopefully this is not the first episode of the podcast that you've listened to, but if it is, I encourage you to go back and listen to other ones where I speak to other mental health professionals, where I speak to people in different walks of life, whether it's coaching, whether it's DEI, whether it's tarot, and how these themes kind of intersect. And let's get down to it. We don't historically, in our American society, speak about mental health. A lot of what we hear is about the stigma surrounding it. We can think about individuals that we know in our personal life and our family, maybe in our professional life, who have a mental health diagnosis, depending on what it is. Sometimes there's different level of stigma. Sometimes there's different level of shame, especially when we have, excuse me, especially when we have um, 
significant traumas that could be attached to it that may be a result of. We may not necessarily have a support system, access to appropriate care, whether that's medical care, mental health care, so other social determinants of health that can also impact our mental health. And let's be real. We didn't learn a lot about mental health in school or mental wellness. Like I was an 80s baby and I I could think I can count on maybe one hand the number of times it came up in conversation, but not with actual tangible tools. So I think this is another reason that it's even more impactful for us now to include mental health in our conversations, which believe it or not, is one of the things that I'm really going to encourage everyone to try to do within their scope of comfort at some point during this month, and not just this month. Making that a regular practice is hard, and it's also super impactful. So I think it's really important to start small. So let's be real. One of the ways that we can do that is we can take care of ourselves. And I know you're like, whatever, I take care of myself, I eat good, I go to the gym, or you're feeling like, damn, yo, she calling me out right now because I know that I'm not doing what I need to do. What does taking care of yourself look like? can realistically be the first question that you ask yourself. That level of reflection, tapping in, giving yourself the time, even if it's five minutes and you're like, yo, how am I taking care of myself? Am I taking care of myself? What do I need to do to take care of myself? Is there someone who can support me to take better care of myself? Let's be real. We do not ask ourselves these questions. Just for fun, like you sitting around the house washing dishes, you might be playing with your kids, playing a video game, you're on your phone. You're not asking yourself how you're taking care of yourself. So let this be the opportunity. Hey, even if you want to pause this episode right now and be like, yo, am I really taking care of myself? Do that and come back to it. I'm going to be right here. But one of the things that can be really, really easy to do with respect to mental health and wellness is being able to attempt to solve the problem. Because we have ups and downs in life, and we know these last few years, for a variety of different reasons, have kicked our little booties. So there are things that are without our control, rather are not with... (laughs) Oh man, and I didn't want to have to edit this episode, but here we go. So there are some times that there are things that are outside of our control. And if we have a diagnosed mental health condition, that very well may be one of them. And there will be things that we need to do to better manage it. However, some of us do not have a diagnosis, but we may have symptoms of one thing or another for a variety of different reasons. And they may be solvable. They may be things that you can do to get rid of that. And that might mean seeking the right treatment. That might mean reaching out to talk to somebody. That might mean texting the crisis line or calling a friend or family member or going onto one of the directories to try to find a provider. That could also mean journaling. That could mean meditation. That could mean exercise. That could mean developing a self-care plan in whatever way, shape, or form self-care means something to you and trying to increase your consistency with it. It can mean a lot of different things. But for the most part, the one thing that I tell everyone is sometimes the worst thing, and worse, there's levels too, the worst thing that you can do is do nothing. Because what ends up happening is 
you have a lot of what ifs and what about this and what about that person. Social media isn't helping because most of that ain't real. It's very curated, got the best lighting, hair done, nails done, living our best life with the B-roll, which I just figured out what that meant, not even going to lie to you. Um, and it's not something that we can sink our teeth into, which makes it feel even harder. So just kind of throwing that out there. I'm, I'm glad y'all sticking with me and my rambles today. And another thing that I actually learned like two years ago was that the color um, of Mental Health Awareness Month is a green ribbon. For many of us, we have seen ribbons for several different things. Um, we've seen red ribbons for HIV and AIDS. We've seen, um, I think it's like the cyan kind of blue-green color for ovarian awareness. We have seen um, lighted up blue for autism. We've seen pink for breast cancer and the list goes on. And I think it's really important that everyone has some identifiable marker for the cause that they support. And there are a variety of very worthwhile, relevant causes. And I guess in a lot of ways, mental health is one of mine. And I think that another one of the things that we can do as we support ourselves through our mental health journey is through the best of our ability in whatever capability rather that we have is to take care of our loved ones. I know that there was a point in time on social media where it was like, oh, check on your strong friend. Maybe it's not that we need to check on our strong friend. Maybe we just need to check on each other. And that could be a text message and God forbid a phone call. Oh my God, I picked up the phone and called somebody. Um, that could be an email. That could be tagging somebody in a post of something that's uplifting or funny or just, you know, attaching just a little something, a voice note. Sometimes the hardest thing to do, especially when you're going through it, is to reach out to someone else. But you never know how that five, ten second reach out can really uplift somebody. Or you find out that, you know what, maybe they needed a shoulder to cry on. Maybe you didn't even realize that you needed a shoulder to cry on. A little support and encouragement can go a long way and it can feel really hard in the times that we're living in, the things that we see going on in our communities, the things that we see going on in our country, in our state, in the world. It can be really challenging. And especially for people who may historically have had stigma surrounding some of the needs within their own mental health, if they feel like there might be a conflict with their spirituality or their culture, it can be really helpful to seek and receive support in just those little pockets where you didn't think that you could access it. So that might be another way that you can even tap into supporting yourself as you support someone else. There was a quote which I might butcher where, you know, as you rise, you lift others up. And I think this is one of the ways that we do it. You'll hear me going on and on about mental health and how to take care of yourself, even if you have five minutes, even if you don't have time. And I think me on my little soapbox is my effort in a lot of ways of taking care of my loved ones. Like, yes, this is my profession, but I feel very passionately about it. So much so that I practice what I preach. I have my own therapist. I also have a coach. Like, I recognize that I need support too because, you know what, the weight of the world is heavy and we cannot carry it all. And honestly, one of the hardest pills that I even had to swallow is that it also takes effort to put the weight down that you are carrying. 
it takes a lot more than you may think it does, but it actually takes effort. Nobody just puts it down and walks away with it. It's a hard thing to do. Not impossible, but it is hard. And then, honestly, one of the best ways that we can honor and celebrate and keep the motion going about mental health overall, not just here in May, not, you know, when we feeding it, not when we see, I'm going to say a commercial, <laughs> not when we see a commercial or post something in the movies about it. You know what? We need to talk about it as often as it comes because there are those of us that we run to the doctor, we pay our copay if we have one, um, and we see a doctor if we're not feeling well, if we have a cough, if we have a fever. It's not as easy with mental health for a variety of different reasons, but the best way we can do something about it, which kind of anchors to the first few suggestions that I gave you, is talking about it. The more we talk about it, the more normal it's going to become. And we want to normalize it. We want to break the stigma. We want to silence the shame. And let's be real, part of the reason that there has been much more conversation about how mental health is going in this country is as a result of the pandemic. Many people, and they might not say this out loud, some have confided in me, that when that situation happened and they were home and all they had was their TV and their thoughts, it was really hard. The hustle and bustle of life, work, kids, school, all the other demands and the things that we were tackling were ways that we could avoid. And not say that it was purposeful, but those were ways that we could have very well avoided the other themes that were going on in our life. There are some people that lost their relationships. They lost their marriages because there were just some things that it was just really hard when faced with it. And there was nowhere else to go, nowhere to hide, nowhere to run to, nowhere to take a break. Like, that's real. But we weren't talking about that. And, you know, to speak for my people, my social workers, my counselors, my psychologists, many of us are overwhelmed. Some people are leaving the field, which makes it even harder for those of you who are like, you know what? I do want to talk to somebody. I do want to figure this out. And it's even harder for communities of color because our numbers were lower historically to begin with. So for us to lose providers in our communities that look like us is really challenging. And I don't know about y'all. I don't know who's talking about that. So here I go on my soapbox again. That the same way I'm suggesting that each of you and hopefully people that you refer us to or hopefully people that you talk to in your lives, that you are encouraging them to take a hard look at what's going on in their lives and how they're supporting their own mental health. Are they using PTO? Y'all already know. I know (sighs) there is a lot of controversy around this, but it's paid time off. They give you the time. It is your time. Take your time off. It is a good way to be able to support yourself, getting more rest. You're going to be like, Paula, please. You know, I got a long day. I got to do all of these things. But you know what? If your body shuts down on you, you can't do one thing, let alone all the things. So like, what is rest really looking like? And yes, getting eight hours may not be realistic for some people for some reason, but rest looks different ways. Has anyone ever heard of the quote, rest is resistance, rest is resilience? Why is that? Why are people saying that? Where is it coming from? Are you tired of feeling tired? 
sick and tired, all of that, like it just kind of goes in a circle where it is exhausting to address some of these things on the daily. You may be a single parent. You may have several children. You may have a lack of a support system. You may be unemployed, underemployed, undocumented. There are so many themes that could be going on in your life that you don't either feel comfortable sharing with someone, you don't want to share with someone, or you might not even know where to start because once those floodgates open, you feel like you don't even know how you're going to be able to put yourself back together to get to the things that you need to do. All of this goes back to putting that weight down. What does that look like for you? If you were to think about the most challenging thing that is impacting your ability to fall asleep because your anxious brain thinks about all of the things you need to do the next day, or if you are a person that is scrolling on your phone just to quiet the noise that's in your brain, but then you realize you're having a hard time falling asleep because you were on your phone. Or if you're the person that has a lot of energy drinks or coffee because you have to keep going to get things done and then your body just kind of crashes because it doesn't have anything left, those could be some indications that, you know what, something's got to change because our bodies can only take a butt so much. And the body and the brain are connected. So I don't got to, you know, hit y'all with some science here. But if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, all right, maybe something that she's saying here is making a little bit of sense, talk to somebody. If you're like, well, I don't got nobody to talk to, I don't trust people, or I've been done wrong, or I've had a bad experience with helping professionals, whether they're social workers, coaches, um, even, you know, neighbors, clergy, because those are people who, unfortunately, depending on the reason that you have been engaged with these people or your lived experience, might not be ideal. But that doesn't mean that there isn't someone out there that you can trust, build trust with, maybe even repair it. No one should be struggling alone. And yes, I realize I probably sound like an after school special, but I'm going to say it anyway. This one long, maybe at some point disorganized stream of consciousness from this neurodivergent podcast host is all over the place. But I have to be honest with you. You know what? Sometimes things aren't clean and organized. They are messy and all over the place. And yes, I have made mistakes. Yes, I too have struggled with my mental health. Yes, I too have supported other people in that vein of addressing what even makes sense to them within the scope of supporting their own. And I'm not just talking about my clients. I'm talking about other people in life. Like, you ever seen someone on the street and they look confused and you ask them if they need help and they are so taken aback by the fact that somebody asked? It really is like that sometimes. Or when somebody that you know can just see the look on your face and they know something is wrong or something is off. Or even better, you are having the hardest day. And just when you don't think that you can take one more step or one more breath before you have nothing left and somebody just reaches out to give you a hug and you burst out into tears because they didn't know how much you needed that. Those are all indications that, you know what, there's more to this. We deserve more. But where do we get to the point where we have to 
be able to recognize that for ourselves? Can we recognize that for ourselves? So I think that one of the things that we should be talking about are what are realistic ways that we can support each other through our mental health journey? And what are ways when we don't have time, where we feel overwhelmed, where we might even feel so crippled that it's literally even challenging to get out of bed in the morning or challenging to even take a shower? Where do you start then? I think that's a really relevant question to ask because many of us have been through the ringer. And even though things have increased in pace, I will say that, um, there are some themes still left yet unsaid. There are some themes still left undiscussed. There are some of y'all out there that you're just hanging on by a thread and you just keep hoping that it gets better. And I am a big proponent of hope. But sometimes hope also needs a friend. Hope also needs some support. And hope also needs some rest. So with all of this, I say to you, take a moment, whether it's now, whether it's some point in the near future, and really ask yourself, are you doing things right now, today, in this moment that can support your mental health and wellness? Do you even know what supporting your mental health and wellness looks like? And it's totally okay if you don't. I thought I had it down. Pandemic came and put that upside its head. It took me a while to figure that out. I am a human being too. If you are an individual that doesn't necessarily believe in any of this, not knocking you, but I encourage you to look at the data. I encourage you to look at what our youth have been facing, especially since their um, development, their ability to socialize has been appended out just by being out of school, just by feeling isolated through this pandemic. Think about those of you that have been engaging in, you know, social events, seeing friends or family, feeling a little bit more overwhelmed than you used to, or maybe feeling a little bit of social anxiety, having the desire to want to go out or want to engage, but then feeling completely overwhelmed and exhausted by the idea Or even those of you that are going out and engaging. But when you get home, you are wiped out. You feel like you have to sleep all weekend just because you went to brunch. All of that is real. And it's a manifestation of how we're caring for ourselves. In ways that we might not have even thought about it before. So regardless, again, to whether you have a diagnosis or you do not, that has no bearing on your ability to care for your mental health. Yes, there are individuals who have diagnoses that make things challenging, but not impossible. But for those of us, it can be a very easy, um, it can be very easy for us to fall into a space that is just hard to navigate through to due to several different factors. So I just want to draw some strength. For those of us who are just trying to do the best we can and might not be looking at it from this lens, and that's completely fine, but as somebody who went back to school, got all of these supervision hours, got licensed, and has been working with people for long enough to know that this is something that we all need to prioritize, self-included, 
I really encourage you to reach out for support. You don't know who to reach out to? Shoot us an email over here. We'll send you some tips. We might even have some referrals for you. You never know, especially if you're in the state of New York. But please, please, please do not just let this mental health month of May in 2023 pass you by without doing a little self-reflection on how you can best support yourself and maybe even carve out a little time for those you love and those who love you. Until next time. The Why Don't We Talk About This podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is hosted by me, Paula McMillan-Perez, and is produced by Fonzie Tri Media.